welcome to another episode of Block Talk, presented by Theater in the Now. I'm your host, as always, Michael Block. If you love the podcast, make sure you subscribe on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Audible, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, or Stitcher so you never miss an episode, and leave a five-star review while you're there. Did you know there's an easy way to help support the podcast to keep the show going? Buy Me a Coffee is an incredible new platform where you, the loyal Block Talks audience, can say thank you to your favorite host. All you have to do is show support with a few taps by leaving a little tip that's just like buying me a cup of coffee. And the great thing is you don't even need to create an account. Visit buymeacoffee.com slash blocktalk and keep blocktalk going strong like a cup of coffee. And as always, follow me on Instagram at michaelblocktalk, on Twitter at blocktalknyc, and visit theaterthenow.com for latest news, reviews, and interviews. Another week, another example of how not to play Survivor. It's that time of the week to discuss the ins and outs of playing Survivor. And joining me is someone who knows how to not win. Chad Sapp! <laughs> it's true. Hi, how are you? <laughs> I had high hopes for you, friend. I, really I had high hopes like, for me, too. <laughs> I was going to have a winner on the show. And what place did you get? A lovely fourth runner-up. <laughs> Not even a podium spot. Nope, not even a podium spot. I just became too likable. People had to get rid of me because I was too nice. And I was like, really, me? Okay. And also our friend Billy uh, placed. <laughs> was also robbed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, disappointing you too. I had well, high hopes. We'll just have to keep trying. <laughs> Well, hopefully next time I'll be able to play as well. And that'll be fun. Yes. Yes. Um, you definitely how, need to play one. Predict it. How, knowing how that kind of game works and knowing me, how would I do? I feel like you're either, you would either be a really early target because people would, would clue in to your knowledge of the game and how much you like it mm-hmm. and would think that you're a little too strategic or you would float through in the middle until the merge and then just start picking people off. So your, your, your goal would have to be to like really underplay how much, you know, (laughs) so I would have to play a good social game clearly. Yes. And and be least slightly decent in challenges. Yes. Okay. Okay. Well, we'll see. Maybe, maybe I will figure out a way to make um, New York nightlife survivor a real thing. That'd be so fun. (laughs) literally the amount of people who come on this podcast could be a part of a tribe we can do it right make it happen block talk versus someone else right we just have to figure out what other like podcast we'd be going against we'll we'll find someone (laughs) but enough about survivor angelica and you being a big old loser let's talk about survivor 42 where we watched another week of losers true story like i i have my i like my winner in mind based on the way that they're playing yeah because they're the only like they're literally the only person that's not blowing up their game constantly (laughs) and so i'm like well if they can continue to do this they're a shoe-in to win yeah there is some wild gameplay going on not saying that it's not entertaining oh no it's definitely entertaining unfortunate to have yet another week of someone you're like oh this is gonna be someone we're excited to watch them be like girl you just played yourself right you played yourself no one to blame but you um yeah save your winner pick to the end because i think i know who you're gonna say because i have a feeling it's gonna be who i have to say but we're gonna save it to the end yeah but let's just talk about post-tribal abati this is all daniel will say it's been a very long night and he's up, not up for discussing the ins and outs and would prefer to do that when they wake up or soon thereafter. Bitch, you're a lawyer. You do not get to dictate that. You have the night to continue to come up with a Weasley excuse. excuse. You get to do it now. Well, that's what's even funnier is that he says all of that. And then Mel just goes, no, we're just, we're just yeah. going to, we're going to shut that down and we're going to, we're going to do this now. He knows tribal is a disaster for him as he says he trusted Chanel as a member of his alliance as number one, and he is still under the impression the trust was not reciprocated. 
am I missing something? Did he, did we watch the same show? Why is he still believing his delusion? Because he's really trying to, like he knows that he's made the mistake, but he's trying to backpedal and find a way that someone is going to think that this was all someone else's idea, even though he did it in live tribal. So it's not like, there's no backpedaling there. It's not even fun to watch. It's embarrassing. Yeah. And it went on for a very long time. So he's going to whine that Chanel didn't have his back when it came to convincing Hyde to vote for Lydia. And he doesn't understand. He was asking her to blow up her game completely to do so. I don't mind messy gameplay. I do mind delusional people. And Daniel makes me see red. He, he, he got played and can't admit it. Yeah. No, he's, he's one of those people that I was just like, oh God, he, he had potential. But then as, I feel like as soon as he injured himself, which that was so fast, um, as soon as he injured himself, it was like he went into a different kind of survival mode and sure. just couldn't figure out how he was playing the game to get by. Now, I'm not here to tell people what to do or what not to do. But if you have a choice of Daniel or any other lawyer, go with any other lawyer. You're not wrong. <laughs> so Chanel is going to speak up and say that she has a different approach. Instead of until morning, she wants to put it out there now, here and now. She says she's disappointed and reminds him that she didn't even have a vote, so she couldn't have blindsided or backstabbed him. Was it her idea to get Lydia out? She says sure, but so did he and Jenny and Mike. It's not all on her. So let's let's not put all blame on Chanel, even though she I think she's a terrible game player as well. Right. And it's it's funny in this situation because as you mentioned, there were four people that were in on wanting to get Lydia out. And Mike's name never comes up in this, like in what we're showing. So either it did and they've edited it out, or he's skated by scot free from this entire yeah. entrapment moment because he's not even mentioned. Nell's going to reveal in this moment that he told her about Mike's idol and he's like, well, now I'm finding stuff out I didn't know. Danny boy, you ain't waiting till morning. The majority voted to talk now. Hi says, even though the vote went his way, he is blindsided by everyone but Lydia, who just went through hell. He'll give them props for the games, but he's not mad and he will explain to Mike what happened on his end. He's going to pull Mike aside to tell him that Daniel and Chanel told him to write Mike's name down to split the vote on he and Jenny. And he felt easy at the voting booth and decided at that time to vote for Jenny, which we know obviously was not fully true. He already had made it up his mind prior to the tribal. But when it comes down to discussing Daniel and his uneasiness to going to rocks, he knows Hi is a lawyer and we'll talk. Uh, he knows that Daniel is a lawyer and we'll talk in circles around him. But Daniel folded like a ton of bricks and has no backbone. And I say, well said, Mr. Hi. It's true. Of like all the people, he made the boldest move by not backing down at that tribal. Yes. Um, and putting it at that stalemate because if he had folded and gotten rid of Lydia, he would have then been picked off next. Now I'm going. We're going to talk about high in non-survivor terms in a mo moment, um, like right now, and say I don't know if you saw a photo of him on Instagram. He looked really cute, and I was like, oh my god, I'm going to look at his Instagram. Motherfucker is a boyfriend. I hate it. <laughs> it happens <laughs> i can't get on survivor because i'm not for story. <laughs> i can't get on survivor because i'm single what what is it going to take for me to get on a reality show right i don't i need i, I need mean, a sex tape right is that it or a scandal <laughs> i guess that's what you could do you could try to kardashian or a, it. Or a part like a petition listeners start a petition to get me on the show i'll fucking do love is blind gay edition <laughs> would you do that no <laughs> why not i would not do love is blind at why all not? you'd be so good at it no <laughs> oh god i'm desperate it's okay it's okay all right well daniel and chanel will turn on each other as they are now snakes so mike tells hi daniel is on the bottom of his list he's he will work with hi and lydia so he can adapt and not be a dinosaur there is no more, as he says, there is no more kumbaya. The K left the kumbaya, the umba. There is no kumbaya. It's holy crap. -aya. He's not good at confessionals. We gotta help He's him not there. great at confessionals. And I feel like maybe that's why he also hasn't said his phrase at any of the things because he's afraid of saying it wrong. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, oh, oh, boy. 
Well, Mike goes to Daniel to tell him that he played him. And Daniel's like, I didn't play you. He tells him that Chanel was his number one and he was playing with her. And Mike is like, you told me I was your number one. Wait for that chat on another try later on. Mike will get Daniel to admit that he did, in fact, lie to him and played him. And Daniel will say he made a bad choice. And if he blew up his game because he put his trust in someone he shouldn't have put his trust in. The revolts, the votes reveal that he was playing both sides, but he is pissed that Chanel is getting no blowback because she didn't do anything. The fact she that he's still going on with to this, do anything. Yeah. The fact that he's still going on in this in confessional. Fine. You want to say something to Mike and hi and Chanel and Lydia in front of them and, and backpedal. Fine. In confessional, you are delusional. I can't right. stand him. All they had to do in that edit to like really get at him is to just replay the end of the last episode. <laughs> Because he needs, he's he's denying everything that he did when we have it on tape. Right. Well, he says he needs the game to turn on time again as he's in a world of hurt. And I say, good for you, sweetie. You deserve it. The hurt. He's already he's already had a dislocated shoulder. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Is that an <laughs> hurt? <laughs> well, it's time for a challenge. Early in the episode, too. I was like, ooh, okay. But it's only a reward challenge because more variety. Taco and Ika see Vati now without Jenny and Marion is shocked, but honestly, I think she just has resting shock face. She's very like pretty much, I mean, she doesn't know what the dynamics are on those yeah. other tribes. No. She's only just seen them in challenges. So she can't really pretend like she knows any of these people for her to be shocked that this person went. Right. So it's just kind of funny. Resting shock face. Um, for this challenge. Three members of each tribe will be attached to a braided rope and they will have to untangle it. They will put a, pull a sled toward them before landing a ball into a basket four times, one for each member. First tribe to finish will win 10 decent-sized, freshly-caught fish. Just clean and cook. Worth playing for? I like fish, so nah. Not worth right. For. I'm like, I know if I had, like, I know I would have to start liking fish if I was ever on the show, yep. but I don't. <laughs> what do they feed you on um, Survivor Angelica? Um, we had, uh, some carrot sticks, like some backyard food, like kind of stuff. Like we had like a grill out for the merge. So it was like cheeseburgers and hot dogs and sandwiches and granola bars and stuff like that. They just didn't, they didn't give us any food to start with. Did you have to go find it in the woods? No, we had a survivor auction to start with to bid on items that we could use. So there was food in that. That's cute. We, we got peanut butter. (laughs) <laughs> oh did you put it all over your body yes so that the bears would come and find me well i mean <laughs> bears like twinks sometimes Roxway and chanel will be sending this one out basically this challenge is fair and even and if you know how to communicate and focus it's easy taku has it they know how to maneuver it looked like a blowout but jonathan omer and Lindsay just figured out their rhythm can't claim their stack jonathan's just on a tribe with competent people yes that's that right there is just the, the blanket statement it's not that they're like super strong at all aspects but because each of them has a level head yeah they're able to just blow through these challenges because they don't get flustered not at all. like which we see in the immunity challenge we see like even when they were down in that first challenge they still were like very level-headed. They were like, they're ready. They're ready to play. No. And they're the four that are. The Roxroy yelling from the sideline is essentially who he is. And I would not play well with him. I would not get along with him at all. Meanwhile, no. Marianne is dreaming of spiced fish and roast fish. And I'm just, I'll have locks, cream cheese and locks. That's the best I'll do. That's it. That's not what they got. That's fine. No. At the end of the day, Taku finishes before the other tribe can even start shooting. Of course, Jeff wants to analyze why they did so good. So he asks Jonathan if it speaks to the tribe finding its core. Jonathan says yes, as they have a solid four and he feels comfortable working with them in that challenge. Those are not easy, but they keep winning. And Marianne's terrible poker face reveals all. That is why we got Jeff chat right now, because Jonathan just blew up their spot. Dumb jock. See, I don't really look at the way he said it as him like blowing it up. I really don't because he was answering the question and it was just basically like, yeah, we're a four. Like 
because that's how many people are on our tribe. I didn't see it as him being like, this is a final four, like no matter what. I like think... we're, we're not swaying, we're not doing that. I saw it I, I read as, it like, differently. Right. Only be- and which maybe is the way because... that they've definitely edited it. Right, too. and maybe it's because also the other two tribes know that they do not even have uh, more than one person each. Uh, so it's a little hard to imagine, oh my God, a, tr- a, a tribe of Kumbaya? Well, they haven't had to vote in a while, so they've they've been getting along. They've been winning, so it's very calm over there. It's not. I don't see it the same way that they kind of edited it. Well, Tori is asked if they can learn anything, and she is like, "I will use my survivor expertise and call out Jonathan as a Goliath." And by Jeff giving him credit, they are indestructible. And Taku is like, "There goes any hope of um, us having bonds post swap. We are all sitting ducks." They're automatically going to be targeted because they've been doing well. Yeah. Like they're going to be the ones that people are afraid of. And it's like, I hate the whole pointing somebody out because they're doing strong in challenges mm-hmm. or doing well, because it's like you're attempting to sway everyone's vote towards that person or to yeah. bring attention to that person to blow up their game. And that's on the producers for doing that. Not necessarily that like, if he would have just been like, it was a great performance from Taku today. Great job. Here's your reward. Head on out. Nobody would have said anything. Nobody would have really pinpointed and pointed out Jonathan, like doing the whole thing for them, which he didn't. They just worked really well. Exactly. Well, Taku is going to get some fish and hi, we'll refer to Jonathan as Thor. And it's insane how they have to now all pull it together, but we're going to stick to team Marvel superheroes and we're going to take a moment and assign characters to Lindsay, Omar, and Marianne. What Marvel heroes or villains would you cast them as? If we have a Thor. Mm, so it doesn't right. have to be Avengers because the Avengers is kind of blown up at this point in time. Right. Oh, I wish you would have asked me this before so I wouldn't have to think so hard. Um, I see Lindsay as, I think, probably Black Widow. Okay. Because okay. She's, she's very resourceful. She's very quiet and she she strikes when she needs to and shows that she's doing what she needs to at the integral parts, but she's not the face of the team. All right. Um, I would say, hmm. Wow. Uh, I would go Marianne as Spider-Man. Um, okay. Especially Tom Holland Spider Man, like goofy, fun, um, and when when she gets the power, she's going to be indestructible. Right. Okay. Okay. I agree with that one. And Omer. And then who, I would have who, to who, say, who? I would say Omer is probably like a Doctor Strange. Okay, Doctor Strange. I'm, I'm Only okay. because it's like it's a very he's a very bright mind, but I don't see him like a Hulk bright mind or like a Tony Stark kind of personality. I see him more like he's a little more sarcastic and he's a little more like inquisitive. I would would put him as Hawkeye because he has to be there. But then when he's not on screen, I'm like, ah, I forgot about him. Oh, okay. (laughs) You know what? I can't wait for Kate Bishop Hawkeye. She's so much better. Oh, she, I mean, that series was great. That's a whole different so conversation. Like, <laughs> Bishop, I can't wait for the new Avengers and all the little kids coming together and boom! It's gonna be so right. good. It, oh, I'm excited. I'm excited always with anything Marvel, but... <laughs> well, they got their fish, and I'm the only... Am I the only one who gets queasy seeing fish like that? I'm not a seafood person, and this bit was just not for me. Whatsoever. The eye on that one fish... Ooh. was huge yeah. i was like um that 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 entire fish is just that eye yeah that's all i could concentrate on was that huge eye now i gotta ask the question do they need to eat all 10 fish in that day because they were so big i mean i they probably didn't need to eat them well but they didn't really have any they didn't really have anything to like preserve, preserve them yeah so i guess you technically would have to eat them that day because you don't have anything to like ice them or keep them preserved in any way 
because they have right. no like they have no spices they have nothing they literally just have those fish so also marianne saying that jeff must be eating like a kid if king if he says those are decent size you know that mofo is getting room service every night also right. if i were jeff I would order it with a side of Twink to feed me grapes as I am the mastermind of one of the greatest television shows of all time that has no signs of showing, slowing down. You, you order the room service and you order top shelf. You get everything you want because your show is going to be there until you die. <laughs> and even after, probably. Yeah. Um, did you see um, today's April Fool's joke about Drag Race? No, that I was, did not. It was ending after season 15. I had two people send it to me. I said, you're a fucking idiot. Yeah, as if that would actually happen. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, it was on a Drag Race family or something on uh, on uh, Facebook, and it's like RuPaul is going to focus on the international series and all the other things of projects that have been announced. I was like, no, no, RuPaul is going to show her face forever until it literally is broken, right? Until she is either canceled entirely or keyword. <laughs> Lindsay wants to try an eye and I was like good for you she knows that the other tribes are being blown out as they might not have been eating so she knows they have a huge advantage Jonathan is ticked off about what he said as it's him admitting to what was happening and Omer and Marianne are like yeah not cool bro Marianne is angry at Jonathan Omer didn't want to say anything in the moment and he's just frustrated that his main man is a total slob he knows Jonathan is invaluable to the tribe. Do you think Omer, is, who's probably a fan of the show and a fan of CBS, is really pitching this entire time to get him and Jonathan on The Amazing Race? No. no. <laughs> I don't. I, I mean, I would see more Jonathan and Lindsay doing it the way that they work together and communicate sure. versus... But they're not Omer bros and, like those two are. Right. And it says they're bros. Right. We got one day of them hanging out on a beach. And who was your partner? Who would, them. who would your partner be from Survivor Angelica to be on Amazing Race? Oh, Billy, for sure. Oh my God. Would he let would Dan let him go with you? I don't know, but <laughs> I've already I've already told in like various interviews for other live reality games that if they ever did a family visit competition, I want Billy to be my family member that came to play. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Jonathan hates that the blonde-headed girl called him Goliath as he literally rips a fish apart. He knows people <laughs> see him as a great shield. I also love that he called her the blonde-headed girl. Because they don't know each other. I would have called her like, Oh, well, that would have been edited. But the... Um, the thing that gets me with like when going back to like Marianne's reaction every time that somebody is eliminated, it's very much, they don't know each other's names that well because they're right. not playing with them. They're not spending every day with them. They're seeing them at challenges where they're getting, like while they're focusing on trying to complete the challenge, they're hearing some commentary from Jeff saying, and mess up from so-and-so and they're like they don't they don't have time to look over to see who messed up <laughs> to know sure. who they're talking about well i do i'm fairly certain that one cast member i'm not sure who was a, in in one post interview said that during pre-game ponderosa everyone does have name tags of their initials at least so you can mm. at least gauge a first letter of what their name could be um but i mean doesn't marianne know two people one of which just got eliminated I guess so. She knows everyone and she's she she loves everyone. Loves Zach. Really wants that boy. I'm curious what that where that's gone since the the season has ended. Well, it's time for a Jonathan flashback. Jonathan wanted to be on the show since he was 14. When he was young, his dad would make him do pull-ups. He would tell him and his brother to race up a mountain, and whoever lost had to do it three more times. He has a foundation of strength ever since he was little. Is that not child abuse? I mean, it depends on, like, the extent. Because if it's like he was in Mount Kilimanjaro. 
Well, it's not like, yeah, I was like, it's not like he was telling him to go climb, climb every mountain that he saw. It was him like learning discipline and like, I, yeah. I get it, but not what I was now, going to do. I would tell my kid to watch Mommy Dearest. And if they didn't have it memorized, I would tell them to do it again until they did. Now, see, that feels like child abuse, even though I why? love Mommy Dearest. <laughs> no, like, why you can't have to ever. at all. Yeah. No. I need to train my child to be affluent in the gay terminology. <laughs> they need to know about wire hangers and why there shall be none in my house. Oh, well, Jonathan knows he can apply his service to his tribe and he wants them to see that his service is for them. Whatever they need, that's his service. Wow, did not think Jonathan was going to admit that he was a sub bottom. Don't judge a book by its cover. I knew and I texted you the moment it happened. When I was watching the episode, I was like, I just could not stop laughing because I was like, all I got from this little breakout was that you are ready to service who or what you're servicing, but you're ready yeah, I'm You're sure that they're in the dark, dark, dark edges of the internet. Some fan fiction is out there of probably Jonathan servicing Mike. I'm sure that is the fan fiction somewhere. Daddy Mike. Really? That's you probably that yeah. one? I, oh, I, I, I would I, think I, it's more like... His daddy like is going... clear. Maybe, maybe Rocks Roy. Maybe it's Rocks Roy. No, I feel like it's, it's Jeff. Well, maybe you're right. That's probably right. <laughs> Uh, let's visit our friends over on the Blue Beach. Romeo is doing the fire and Roxroy is proving to him that he can do everything better. And Romeo says Roxroy is coaching him, but he's really not. He's just letting him feel like he's doing that. Cue the montage of Roxroy and Romeo in the woods. And well, this was when I would just knock the man out. I had a massive like stick, a, a giant tree branch. I would just accidentally, oopsie, sorry. I didn't see you there. No, I found that I thought this was really funny because I was like, wow, Romeo is producing the episode suddenly because he right? was like, cue this and then cue this and do this. Um, like, yeah, so I, I mean, producer Romeo, that's fine. But Romeo knows that he can't tell Roxford to shut up. And um, that's a good sign of a good social game, though. I think that's why this right. was included here because we're not I really so getting too. much on Romeo, but he is doing fine. Yeah, I feel like of all the people on his tribe, he is the most secure because everyone wants to work with him because they're not threatened by him. And I think it has to do with his size. They're like, well, I know that I would be able to beat him later on in the like in a physical challenge when we're individual. And he's nice to have around because he does stuff and yeah. he'll vote the way I want him to. So- yes. Just wait for the challenge to be a runway walk and he wins. Right? Or he's like, or I have to coach a national pageant. <laughs> honestly, like, if it comes to, like, balancing and that kind of thing, I think he's going to be very good in that because he that's what he would be coaching. Yeah, I feel like when he makes because he's definitely not one of my people that I have on a list that I think will be going anytime soon. Sure. I definitely see him making the merge. I feel like he will win at least one immunity because I, I think if there's something balance related or if there's something endurance related he will end up pulling it out because yeah. he's stubborn and has that background <laughs> he is what i would call ricard light mm -hmm. i could see that yeah meanwhile in bad social game land swati chats with tori to tell her if they go to tribal again it's drea She's Romeo's closest ally, and she has an extra vote. She feels she is not in a power position and wants to be one. What a young, delusional child. Right. On the surface, this isn't a bad move. But the way that they went about trying to execute this move is Life experience. what blew up. Yeah. And Swati knows that they need to pull in a third and she tells Tori that it has to be rocks. And she's like, he annoys the freak out of me. Swati will tell Tori that Dre and Romeo told her it's four against Tori. And Tori is like, not excited to work with rocks, but she knows that for her to stay, she will have to work with him to save her. She is excited to work with work with Dre. She was excited to work with Dre, but for now, nah, we're then going to see Tori and rocks Roy in the woods. And she is buttering him up. And you're like, 
oh, I can see right through you, girl. You're not good at this. However, (laughs) we can see through her because we know the plan. He is oblivious. Yes, he is. Uh, He will air his grievances where he's not asking anyone to do the laundry list of things he wants to get done, but he's going to whine if no one volunteers to help him out. I hate people like that. I hate people like that so much. I would have voted him out so much faster than Zach. Yeah, absolutely. It was like, that first episode, I was like, oh my God, I would have gotten rid of him first. I really would have. As Tori says, he's a narcissist. Unless the idea comes from him, it's not right. She says she has worked with clients who are in relationships with narcissists, and she tells them to get out. But she's on a tribe with him, so she can't get out. Um, listeners, I'm going to do it again. Uh, if you have a choice of Tori or any other psychologist, go with the other psychologist. <laughs> well, she's technically a therapist. Therapist. Ap- apologies. <laughs> she no doctor. Um Roxroy says to Tori that he ponders if someone has an advantage from their journey. And Tori either has a brilliant idea in the moment or voluntarily offers it up, but she tells Rox that Drea has one. It's an extra vote. He didn't know that. And she's like, let's work together. Ooh. This was the weirdest interaction I've seen in a very long time on the show. Well, yeah, like there, you can tell these two do not like each other. And he is so stuck in his ways that he can't get around the fact that I could work with my enemy to get further in the game. If I just can take a step back and assess that that's a better move for me yeah, and is willing to just blow up his own game because he doesn't like her. Yep. He very much plays from that early era of survivor. Yes. Brock says he is not committed to anyone yet, which we know is false from episode one, but we're not going to get there. Um, No scheming. That's the Roxroy way. Roxroy doesn't like that Tori wants to target Drea, so in his gut, he doesn't trust her, so he runs this information to Like, running it directly to the source is the dumbest, like, that's already your your mistake. Especially for someone who says he doesn't have alliances yet. Right. If you're not working with anyone, you don't need feel the need to run that information to anyone immediately. Like you let that settle and figure out how you can work with that yeah. either by like reassessing that moment and saying, Hey, the person that gave me this information, I could work with them so that we can get rid of this advantage yeah. in some way, or you find a way of going to that person that isn't so confrontational that they're like, well, this is what this person said. And so mm-hmm. I'm, yeah, it's, I feel like you kind of hit the nail on the head. I feel like a lot of Ika play very old school. Yeah. And I think that's why we look at it as like such bad gameplay necessarily is that Romeo is playing in the new world and playing in the new way. Yeah. And Swati is attempting to, but like I noticed something, like there was a sound bite that um that Drea makes later on that sounded very much like Alicia from uh from Australia. And I was just like, this is very, very like she's she's just very old school as well. Yeah. Like she gets that there are these advantages that weren't there in the old school style, but she is still playing like those old tribal lines and old the like old loyalties and all of that stuff. Like she's not finding the way to navigate. Yeah. Raya wanted to work with Tori and do an all girl all girls alliance, but it's time to reevaluate. She tells Swati and Romeo that Tori told Rox that there was an extra vote, and now Swati is trying to be like, "Oh, I don't like Tori now." How could she do this? Listen, I get playing both sides, but girl, you look bad. You look bad. Well, it's not even it's not even playing both sides. It's playing all sides. Like True. you're not picking a lane at all. Like you just literally are throwing to see what catches at this point, and you've thrown out too many things. Yeah, Swati does not want to go down with Tori, but girl, you 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 drown your own ship. Let's head to the water for a challenge. 
How is Daniel feeling a third of the way into the game? He says it doesn't come through on the TV. It's brutal, and he is only alive because of his high body heat keeping him warm in the rain. So Jeff asks Marianne to describe the rain. And we all (laughs) know where this is leading. Idle activation time. She tries to talk about the bunny in the mailbox, and she wasted the phrase yet again. She has not had it work. She wrongly believes that she is the only one with an idol and thinks they are twiddling their thumbs, but alas, they're just playing defensive. Well, one is playing defensive. The other ones just haven't found it yet. Right. She can't say it next week. She can't. She's she's going to. I know, but she can't. She can't do it. I think what I'm predicting it, that the blue one is being found this next episode. Well, but, I mean, here, you, I mean, I, I said it on the first episode. I think we know who has it based on the voiceover because we haven't heard that phrase yet. I think it's Tori. Right. right. And I think what I feel is going to happen is that it's not going to be found until there is a tribe swap. Okay. But she's, she's going to be the person that stays on blue and she's going to find it. Very possible. That's what I think will happen. But we'll find out. For this immunity challenge, two tribe members have to pull a boat that has two other tribe members in the boat. The two in the boat will leap off the tower, retrieve a key, then they will go to the dock to the hanging fish puzzle. First two tribes win immunity. Ika sits out Romeo. Vati sits out Daniel. Swati and Tori. Hi and Mike and Marianne and Jonathan are the swimmers. Great picks. Interesting picks. I feel like I, the only one I would have really switched out, I think I would have switched out high with Chanel. Okay. Only, but then that would have, like, they would have struggled in that, the middle section of the challenge, probably oh. longer. Um, but I just felt like high is so small that pulling that boat was much more difficult for him. Sure. But that's the only one I would have switched because which part would like you do? The rest were all there. I would have definitely been in a boat. I would have not been swimming. I would have been the swimmer. I definitely would be the swimmer. I would have been jumping off that platform to grab the key and I would have been doing the puzzle. <laughs> all right. Well, Jonathan is dragging the boat and Marianne, and I was worried she was going to drown. I really thought she was going under. She, yeah, or get she hit looked- by that boat. I was like, girl, you're going to die. Well, the angle that they went in, she was behind the boat when Lindsay yeah. started to get off of it. So I was like, how did she get in front of it? Did no she idea. climb out and over? Like, I don't know how she got there. Now, Lindsay gets the key, Dre gets the key, and Lydia is way too short. Like, she don't got hops. I don't... That's This is one of the things that I feel like it gets evened out in later, like, individual stuff. Like they'll size things for each right. person individually. When it's the team stuff, I feel like it's still not, it's not necessarily fair for people who are not tall. Well, again, uh, m- more behind the scenes, I'm fairly certain they all get to walk the course prior to the challenge. So they have to have some idea. But again, is there a world in which you're going to put Lydia in the water? I don't know what she swims like. Like, I don't really remember, aside from yeah. that last challenge with that nobody could swim in. Right. <laughs> except for so, Jonathan. Uh, that's part of the discussion, I guess. And obviously, Chanel ended up getting her key for her. So I guess it's part of the the rules that she that was allowed to happen, unlike the other challenge yeah. where everyone had to put the ball into the hoop. I'm wondering if that, because since she went twice, I'm wondering if it was a rule that she had to attempt twice before right. Chanel could go, or if it was like, she was just determined she was going to do it and tried the second time because if it wasn't a rule they would have sent her i think immediately well omer will get the key but loses it in the water and watching him push it away as he swims i was waiting for the benny hill theme song (laughs) (laughs) like i said hawkeye rocks but they didn't talk about it but rocks did the same thing yeah when he jumped in now, Taku is at the puzzle, and once again, they are strong, and it's a blowout, and it's battle for not last. 
it's a very tense battle between green and blue and essentially comes down to the final couple pieces. And in the end, it is Vati that wins and Ika's going to tribal. That's it. We're not shocked. We're not shocked. Yeah, not wrong. <laughs> but Cohesion, I mean, it was, competence. It, it was quite a nail biter of a finish because of how close that it was. Yeah. Um, but I'm, we're not shocked that the girls of, of, uh, Bati were able to outmaneuver yeah. Ika because they've not shown that they're the greatest at puzzles. All right, Ika, post immunity. Tori thought she had it, but alas, there's also an ember in the fire, so that was close too. Roxroy is not happy about losing again. He is like going to roid rage off camera. Um, scary man very very scary man the only positive is tribal should be simple in his mind tori is the biggest threat as she can't keep a secret or be trusted romeo's going to ask tori about where she is voting and what she was thinking about voting Drea, and she takes the time to throw swati under the bus as she was telling her about the four to vote her out romeo is not happy with swati and, and she's like yeah it was all her um why would she do that why would she do that to you they then realize that Swati, the innocent 20-year-old, is playing hard and causing chaos. Romeo will tell Drea that Swati is playing both sides and that they had a number one talk to the montage because she told Drea the same thing. And Tori, too. So she's just a baby who's bad survivor. Yeah. I feel... I don't know that it's just her. Like, she's not the only one at fault for the way that she's played this. Sure. Because... There's like literally the only person that can keep a secret or keep information close to themselves is Romeo. And it's just like, come on, guys. Like, well, I mean, this is also the importance of um, alliance check ins. You got to check in all the time. And if you have an alliance of multiple people, you cannot be saying number one yet. You can't do that until there is a moment where you desperately need it. This was not it. This was, this was Swati really fearing that she was toward the bottom of the alliance and was like, I want to do the power move when I don't need to do it. Right. It's too early for power moves. Like absolutely. the, The fact that we're like, we're not even to a tribe swap and we know that there'll be one before we even merge. It's just, it's, it's too early to be playing as hard as she's attempting to play. And it's just blowing up in her face. Now, what I found interesting was Dre had said that Swati did have a good social game. And I was like, are we watching the same show or, or are you all that blinded by her? I think the, what she's referring to though, is that she's talking about the fact that she was saying these things that everybody they wanted all believed to hear. It. And they all believed it until it got back to them that it had been said to each of them. What's funny was as they were all talking about Swati, she was walking behind them on the beach and you can just see right. her looking there and, and none of them blink an eye and she doesn't even blink right. an eye. I'm all so like, funny. Are, are we that oblivious? Yeah. <laughs> Tori is thrilled that, that she can, Tori is thrilled that she cannot be in the bottom. Even if it means voting out Swati, she has really no alliance. Swati will ask Romeo why Dre and Tori are having a long conversation. At least she's in tune to what's going on. Right. At least she's noticed that something's happened, but. Swati will talk to Drea that Tori was trying to blindside her because of her telling rocks about the extra vote. And Swati will try to say that it's Tori that is driving a wedge between them. And she's just confused about the situation. Is Drea believing Swati at this moment? Absolutely not. (laughs) Well, she tells us she's trying to calculate who is telling the truth. And with Swati telling Drea that she wants Tori out, she's not sure who she can fully trust. She says that if someone was trying to screw her out of a million dollar deal, she'd cut them out. But it sucks. That she can only get rid of one of them. It can be the end of that million dollar deal if she makes the wrong decision. The rock's right. He's sticking with Team Tori. Get out of here. This is that moment that I was talking about, the sound bite that she makes that is very Alicia. And it's that the end of a million dollar deal. And I feel like because she's so similar in playing style to her, I feel like they left this in because she's going to end up getting like that early merge boot. Yep. He's going to get cut. 
She got she got him. And you know who's gonna be? It's probably gonna be Tori. Probably because Tori's gonna find out because I I mean it's it's been a month since the premiere, and I feel like we've not seen anything up back about the three who took the idols in the first challenge. Right. Like none of that's come back up, and no one knows no, that any exactly. of them have it except each other. My tribal. Romeo was wearing a star sweatshirt, and I kind of wanted it. I really liked it. I wanted a sweatshirt. Did you I notice it? Remember, I didn't notice that. I noticed. Um, I noticed Drea's star tights. <laughs> well, that's funny. Um, Jeff's going to ask Drea what the vibe of the tribe is, and I thought my screen had frozen because Drea literally says nothing. Silence until Romeo and Tori look behind them and to wait for an answer. Um, I thought it was very funny. I was like, is, I, I know she's like partially like blind, but I didn't, is she deaf too? It was, it was very funny. Mm, there was a lot but, of cringe yeah. moments in this tribe. Essentially, she just doesn't know how to explain it. They just haven't become one yet. People aren't sure if they are a team. Tori says the vibe is off and she hopes they will cut out whoever is causing that. Swanee's going to nod along because she's going to throw something out there. And I am too. You know how someone wants a sound clip on this show and they naturally just can't do it? It's Swati. It was so uncomfortable. Yeah, it was. And it, I think it comes back or like it gets explained a bit when Rox talks at the end about how shy she is and how she's not very good at public speaking and not good about stating her case and doing all this stuff. And I was like, that all makes perfect sense now. And I, I feel like that was left in in the tribal yeah. because... They wanted to justify why she was so bad in this moment. Right. So she will say that she came in there thinking the headline was going to be someone came in thinking they were going to make a big move. They thought the others were willing. They weren't and they got caught. But she thinks the headline will be, will this same somebody pin the blame on someone else and send that person home? First off, she's talking about Tori. Second off, she's definitely not in marketing because those headlines are too long. Right. I was like, at that point, (laughs) Tori knows that you're talking about her. Everyone else knows that you're talking about Tori. Just say her name. Right. She will not go home for someone else's mistake, so she's openly going to say Tori was trying to blindside Drea. She finally got to the point. Like like I say with like but drag she didn't race. get to the point until Tori was like, oh, what are you saying about me? Exactly. Um, she was trying to be vague about it. But listen, I, I say about Drag Race, future queens, if you want to get on the show, cut Use me as a consultant. I've watched the show. I'm a historian. I know who I can help you out with for Snatch Game so you don't make terrible choices. Survivor contestants, come to me and I can we, we can work out some phrases to use in tribal because this one was old and terribly uh, executed. Absolutely. <laughs> Are you Gia Gunn? <laughs> Absolutely. Do you play like, like Gia Gunn on Survivor? <laughs> <laughs> You can think that's what you were going to do, but it's not what you're going to (laughs) do. So Tori will say that Swati is good at projecting, and I'm not going to lie, Tori was very condescending in her manner. She was very condescending, but the irony of her saying that she was good at projecting, I was like, that's exactly what you're doing right now, is projecting her feelings back at her. Honestly, if you told me that Tori was an only child, I would fully 100% believe you. I mean, I I don't know. I haven't investigated. But well, no, she, she's a brat. She's a, she's, a, she's a brat. And really, again, another person I would not want to be on a tribe with. Romeo and Andrea are going to discuss whether she's going to use her second vote as Swati realizes she is here to play her game and she's not going to get sent home because of Tori. Drea notes that she is the main person who is trying to bring the team together, but her name is brought up all the time. And I think Roxroy took offense to that since he is the leader. Duh. Right. You could see it in his expression that had they live tribaled and Swati and Tori turned around and been like, nope, we're going back to Drea. He would have done it. Because yeah. he's such such an alpha male personality that being challenged by a strong female not not going to sit well with him. No, which is a, why he, why he was leery of working strategically with Tori. Yeah, because if you think about it, you're there with Romeo, three girls. You're 
you're shit out of luck, sir, if you're trying That's to true. pull in some kind of alpha male shit. Swati is here to tell her truth. It's not her fault. She is not the agent of chaos that Tori is painting. Again, just throwing out words that sound fancy for TV. Don't do it. You're making yourself look bad. She is here to do what she needs to do. She was here to do exactly what she's meant to do. Romeo knows Swati wants Tori out, and they have to trust the target who the majority want, and they can work as a more peaceful group moving forward. That's what they all say. Tori is going to be a um, charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent again and say it's hard to combat with what Swati is saying here because it's not rooted in reality, and she doesn't know where this energy is coming from. She finds it sad. She's doing that angry, passive-aggressive white girl move. She's a Karen. I, I was like, she didn't when she said that. I was like, and it doesn't help reality, that bitch. in real life she's an anti-masker and an anti-vaxer. See, I don't, I don't look up any of their stuff in real life until after the show is fully finished. That's fair because I, I don't want you. that to like influence. Well, she but, was also a contestant on Sequester and has done some other games, and apparently she's not a good person, so. It's all coming to light on this show now. Cool. Good times. Rox will say that Swati came in, that she was very shy, and for her to speak out, he is very proud of her. He's a proud daddy. He says it's hard to come out of her shell, and her personality is blooming. Swati feels good, and she has lost a lot of the insecurities she walked in with. She had a freeing experience being accepted by a group of people. She will be processing it for years. Hit her up then, Jeff. That part, I was like, okay, that's that one was natural and good. Good job. Because that was right. reactionary to Roxroy. Right. It wasn't a planned thing that she yeah. was trying to like to get across. It was exactly an actual genuine response. Well, Jeff returns with the votes. Swati will play the shot in the dark, which once again does not work. I'm over it. I'm done. I just need it to work once and then we can say rest in peace. Right. So we've had three people use it already? This season and once last season. Right. No one's like, gotten it. This season, we've had three people use it. Three I want to know if that one in six shot refers to there being six things in, like, in so. the urn. And that once one's pulled, it becomes a one in five shot. Or anything like that. Because I so feel then, like... Technically, it would be a one in five shot for this travel because Zach already used it. Well, it would, yeah. Or if because Mariah used it, it's a one in four for her because on her she tribe, on... though. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's very complicated. And for me, this is the twist that's just not working for me. I got it. It's got to go. Yeah, I feel like the odds need to be a little bit more justifiable to yeah. do it. Because, like, one in six, not worth that's it. not. No. Well, the votes are in. Three votes for Swati, one vote for Tori. Swati is voted out, and Roxroy is not happy. Cue the eye roll from Tori. <laughs> she is lucky she sat in that front seat. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, he wouldn't have turned around and looked at her had he been sitting in the front. No, he would have turned around to the other two, and, and but I can't wait. I can't wait for that post tribal chat. Ooh, ooh, that's gonna be juicy. Are you ready for the burning questions to wrap this episode up? Let's let's hit them. What is Swati's legacy? Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> I'm like just I didn't I I liked her from the initial get-go. But as she played, she unraveled and tried to be too big of a person and too big of a player too early. Yeah. And so she blew up her own game more than anyone else did as far as like bringing her down. What on paper, she was a good casting choice. She was just too young. She was way too young for this. Bring her back in five years. Maybe you'll see a different player. Will she be back in five years? No, she, she didn't. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't see her being a care like a a person or a player that they're like. Oh, she needs a second shot, right? Because 
much like our other show that we watch and talk about, that gold bar, let's talk about that for a second because I feel like this one in six, this one in six, and if they're pulling it out, there's a way for the producer to hand them the one that says safe. Well, so you're saying Bosco was handpicked to get that golden bar? I'm not not saying it, but I am not not saying it because I I mean, I do like Bosco. Yeah. I think Bosco's great. I feel it like ruins Bosco's chance of the winning, in my opinion, but unless he becomes like Chris Wonderwood. Chris Wonderwood. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh. I mean, we still look up the photos. Oh, sure we do. <laughs> Who's in danger, girl? Um, if the tribes stay as they are, which I fully feel like there's a tribe swap in this next episode, but if the tribes stay as they are, I would have to say Daniel's not going to be able to talk his way back out and he would be the next to go if they if they vote. Um, if they learn that, if they clue in that Marianne doesn't have this vote and is waiting for an idol to be activated, she'll go. Yeah. And I think Rox is probably the one that's the least likely to keep moving forward especially if in this next episode tori does find that third idol and they get activated yeah so my my i'm feeling like there's not going to be a tribe swap simply because i don't think there wasn't one last season and i think jeff really wants the third idol to be found and really it, the payoff for him is the phrase is not a tribe swap um i think daniel is a sitting duck at this point like literally it's the second that they lose that the four of them could be like, you know, it doesn't matter. Get rid of him. He's not worth it for us. Um, I agree that Roxroy is a very easy target right now because he was not in the numbers. And they have already discussed early on, even in episode one, you, thank you for helping us with everything. We don't need you anymore. I think Roxroy is a goner. I don't see anyone on Taku leaving anytime soon. I just don't. No, I definitely don't. I feel like all four of them have a very strong chance of making it to the merge. Yeah. Um, Omar being the worst of the three, I think. Four. But I think that he's solidified himself enough with everyone that he's not uh, like as a, he's not a threatening target to them yet. So I don't, I don't see him. I feel like Marianne has made herself too vocal and they Lindsay's not on their radar. Lindsay's not on their radar. She doesn't need to be on her on anybody's radar because she's playing the best game of anyone in the in the show. I from the first episode in my head, I was like, final two off of the way that they're playing would be Jenny and Lindsay. And then when Jenny went away, I was <laughs> like, well, heck, okay, maybe not. Because I thought wasn't a fault to her game though. It wasn't a fault to her game. She was playing a great game. It was just the others were willing to try to make a move. Yep. Um, so let me let me ask a question because I think I know we're alluding to after four episodes, the winner of the season is Lindsay. I agree. That's my pick. Th- fourth <laughs> week in a row. I, I really do not want this to be a repeat of last season where we both I said know. Shan. <laughs> But that's the difference is Shan was more prevalent through the episode. Lindsay is kind of getting the Erica at it. Yes. That's but what playing better than Erica. Like, yes. She's in a better place in her tribe, but she's still staying under the radar that she's not on anyone's target list. Yeah. And I feel like the other person that's like that right now is Romeo. And I just can't see him winning it at this point. I really can't. I can't. I can't either, but only because I don't see him having season, enough allies. Well, this point last season, we didn't think Erica could win, but she still had numbers in uh, uh, to insulate her long enough to get to the end. I don't think Romeo's going to have that. 
Erica went in with six. Romeo, at this point, if they all go, would go in with four. Right. Well, four and an extra vote and an idol. For now. If played right. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's it's exciting. You thought this was not going to be a long podcast. It's it's it, we had a lot. To talk <laughs> well, about. it's just because we always talk very long. <laughs> um, where can we find you on social media, Venmo, and any projects you want to plug? Um, I am at Twinkie Boots on the Instagram. Venmo is at Twinkie Boots NYC, and you can find me with my company, Members Only Boy Less with our shows at the Lori Beachman Theater. Our next one is April 15th. Yay. When are you going to do a Survivor <laughs> theme burlesque number? Um, I don't know. I haven't really thought of it because after I saw um, Elise Navidad's Survivor mix and how iconic it is, I was like, I don't know where I'm going to go from there. Well, you have to also go see Reese Havoc's uh, Survivor mix. She did a very good one as well. Uh, you know who Reese Havoc's best friend is, right? Yes, it's um, Lydia. it's Lydia, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, fun times, fun times. Thank you for being here. Of course, thank you for having me. I can't wait to come back where we can discuss how wrong I was about everything so far. A huge thanks to Twinkie Boots for coming on. Subscribe on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Audible, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, or Stitcher, and leave us a review while you're there. And don't forget to visit buymeacoffee.com slash block talk to show support for the pod. If you have any questions or comments, drop me a line at theaterthenow.com via our question link. Like, listen, love. Until next time, I'm Michael Block, and that was Block Talk. 